Welcome back to the Working Out the Inside podcast. I'm Andrew Nargawala. This is episode six, uh, Diagnosing ADD or ADHD in Therapy. There are three main diagnoses for ADD or ADHD. One is the predominantly inattentive type, the difficulty focusing. The other is the more predominantly hyperactive type. Uh, And then the third is the combination of the two. Now, a lot of times we're seeing this or discovering this in adolescence, simply, I think, because we're looking for it more. Uh, We're looking at school issues. We're seeing this discrepancy between very intelligent kids who are uh, functioning way below uh, their potential and uh, also acting out behaviors uh, that could be due to hyperactivity. So we're trying to rule things out. We're trying to say, you know, what is the core of this behavior or difficulty? And if I think that there's some possibility of a diagnosis, I would refer it to a neurologist or a psychiatrist. Those are the uh, two who most likely will um, make a a formal diagnosis, more than a family doctor, uh, specialists who are very familiar with the medication, and then the family has a chance. It's kind of a check and balance on what I'm seeing, and and they get to discuss both the risks and the advantages of medication if they think it is a legitimate diagnosis. One thing about ADD medication that's different from when we talked about the SSRIs that are given for depression and anxiety is that ADD medication tends to work quickly. So you you don't need to see it build up in the system the way you do with the SSRIs before there's a full effect. So uh, the, the gains or lack of gains can be assessed uh, more quickly, fairly soon. Now, most kids and many adults are distractible and hyperactive. That's not ADD or ADHD. It's when someone desperately wants to focus but can't, for example. Or in the predominantly hyperactive diagnosis, they can't calm themselves down the way someone normally would. Uh, Self-reporting is very important. It's not just what you're seeing, but a number of the kids um, that that I've diagnosed, I would not have been able to tell. Even the hyperactive part, they seemed calm. Uh, Just being with them in the room, I would not have thought that they were hyperactive. And some have developed coping mechanisms. So they'll say, well, do you notice when I rock my chair a little bit? that's kind of letting off some of the energy, or when I move my finger a certain way. So they have these subtle things because they've had to learn how to cope to get through life uh, without creating disturbances, without being hyperactive. So uh, they they have this ongoing issue. Uh, The same thing with the, the inattentive type. Um, they're struggling, they're putting way more hours into doing homework that should take, I mean, they give too much homework as it is, but in schools, but uh, they're, they're working on their homework desperately, 
and not seeing the full result that they should, and they're very frustrated. Now, adults or kids uh, who actually do have ADD or ADHD have a paradoxical reaction to the medication. Most of the medications used to treat ADD, such as Ritalin and Adderall, are stimulants. Someone who doesn't have ADD would be bouncing off the walls if they took these stimulants. And that's where the abuse of the medication comes in. For example, college students using the medication to pull all-nighters, to stay up, using it like caffeine. Uh, the, the real reaction of someone who does have ADD or ADHD, very often I've had clients say, you know, I don't think it's working. I mean, I'm a little calmer. I'm a little more focused. And that's really the first sign that it is working because they expect some dramatic mind control type reaction, but it's actually much more subtle. And as time goes on, they begin to appreciate the help that the medication brings. But it's usually not an overwhelming change. It's a change that starts and then they also learn how to adapt their learning style and their behavior to the medication. And that's something that we can work on in therapy too. Uh, a number of clients have reported to me that it's helped them socially, that before they felt that they had to jump into conversations, they couldn't hold back, uh, they couldn't get a good perspective on what was happening with others, and that with the medication, they're able to kind of develop more of the observing ego, step back, observe social interaction, without having to immediately react. So that also helps them calm down and helps them have better relationships. Now, there are non-stimulant ADHD medications such as Stratera, but the stimulants are usually tried first because they're generally more effective. And a very common and understandable concern from parents and from patients in general is about the side effects of medication. You know, I hear it every day and I absolutely would never minimize it. Any good neurologist or psychiatrist will carefully explain the risks to the patient and, and the parent. Uh, but as with any untreated condition, such as ADD or depression or anxiety, there's a risk to not treating someone. The psychological effects can be deep and long-lasting. There are many people going into adulthood who believe they're stupid, they can't function normally, they blame themselves, and really what they're experiencing is, is uh, some form of this condition. An advantage of someone being in therapy when they're being medicated is that we can observe that person week to week and see how they're coping and see if it is uh, really what we think it is or if it's something else. So it's much better than having someone just medicated and sent off and then seeing the, the psychiatrist or neurologist in a month. Uh, so again, I would consider if you're having these issues uh, to think about therapy as well as medication. If any of these symptoms sound familiar to you, uh, if you've never been evaluated, uh, again, there's not a one-off diagnosis, not a quick fix, but 
being seen over time. Some people decide to deal with their ADD without medication. There are executives and uh, many people who've said in the news that when they found out that they had ADD, they felt it allowed them to be more creative, energetic, spontaneous. That's fine. You know, if, if someone doesn't see it as problematic or sees it as problematic, but I can deal with it within certain limits, uh, that's fine. But there's no need to suffer if the symptoms are holding you back from being who you truly are. And that's what's painful when you watch, whether it's young people or adults, struggling to do things that they know they should be able to do. And to watch them blame themselves and to watch them hurting, uh, you know, it's something that, that we hope they would address and get some help with. Now, next episode, episode seven, is going to be looking back as an adult on being the victim of sexual abuse and trauma as a child. It was a topic recommended by a listener, and uh, I hope you'll tune in. I hope you'll take a look at the other episodes uh, that, that are on the site. They're on iTunes. They're on Podbean, Stitcher. Because I do hope that this is directed both for therapists to be able to point clients in a direction and say, here's something you can listen to, and also for lay people to simply say, you know, I, I don't have a lot of experience with this. I want to get a sort of general overview about these issues. So I hope it's helpful. And uh, I'll talk to you in Episode 7. Thanks. <laughs>